This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. <laughs> I am Sylvia, and um, you know, we're part of this community because we are wanting spiritual knowledge. We're wanting to expand our own understanding of spirituality and ourselves. And each week, um, Reverend Jane and myself and all the speakers that we have, we do our best to offer up some wisdom and core teachings and hopefully a little smattering of inspiration. Um, And I, for me, it's really, really important to note that unity does not do dogma. If unity did dogma, I would not be here. Um, That's for sure. And yet, we do have some core principles and some core teachings that help us kind of share a common language amongst each other. Now, you may not be aware of it, but for the past several weeks, Rev. Jane has been hitting on one of the five unity core principles each week. And those include, the first is that God's source creator, whatever you call it, is everywhere present in all things and is all good. The second principle is that human beings are a spark of divinity, whatever you want to call that, the Christ within. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is an innate divinity that all humans have. We are an expression of that God source creator. And I like to add, um, I don't believe that humans are the only one with a handle on this divinity thing. I believe all beings are a spark of divinity. And in fact, part of my mission in this ministerial work that I'm doing is to help unity shift into a more ecocentric rather than anthropocentric view on everything. That human as the be-all and end-all, I think, is part of our separation consciousness challenge that we're going through. There is a place for dogma. There is a place for dogma. Oh, no, Eric. I'm a pretty good punster, but he tops me, I gotta say. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Um, The third principle is that we create our reality through our thinking. It's what Unity calls mind action, that this is not a passive ride we're taking through this wild human experience. We actually have some agency there. And the fourth principle is that prayer, as was noted, is powerful and it's not about beseeching, it's about aligning. Jane, Rev. Jane, asked me today to talk about our fifth principle, which is action. It's the unity belief that just knowing all of this spiritual truth and goodness isn't enough. We have to actually live it. We have to put it into action in order to become our most evolved spiritual selves and also to do the most good um, in our world. Now, in my experience, there's a lot of confusion and maybe even um, disagreement in unity and new thought about what is action? What is spiritualized action? You know, is daily prayer and meditation enough action? Is marching in the streets for a good cause spiritual action? My answer to that is maybe and maybe. And I'm finding that it's really valuable to do a little work with the nuances of spiritual action. There is inner work to be done, for sure. And there's powerful work to be done out in this world right now. And I'm going to share a little bit um, of thinking about both of those arenas, our inner and outer worlds. Now, I don't know anybody who would 
argue that a well-established practice of meditation and prayer is not powerful positive action. It absolutely is. And living our principle is as much about being as doing. The real power of our inner work comes in when we are able to take our meditation off the mat and out into this messy world and messy relationships. That's the power of it. You know, um, the being versus doing thing, I want to share a little story. I have had some real challenges with my mom, with my situation with my mom lately. She's quite elderly. I'm her executor. She lives in BF, Egypt, eastern Oklahoma, refuses to move closer because she's got her granddaughter and her two little kids living with her. It's a complicated and honestly fairly dysfunctional situation. She's also really going deaf now, and it's very hard to hear her, to get all of this done via phone. And a few weeks ago, she wound up in ER because she got her meds messed up and whatnot. And I spent hours via phone helping her navigate that and navigate prescriptions and everything. And I, ha I would never be a good poker player because what I am feeling is right here. And it's a double-edged sword for me. My impatience can really be cutting at times. And I realized with my mom, I was super frustrated with it. <laughs> Period. Um, uh, and I, I realized that I was doing good work, but I was being an unloving ass about it. I was doing service, but I was not being in spiritual principle and the way that I was going about it. And I'm not beating myself up for that. I'm just realizing that so that I can be more loving. I can, I can use this classroom to improve myself, right? And how do we know when we're living spiritual principle? We know by how it feels. It didn't feel good the way I was, the tone I was expressing with my mom. It didn't feel good. You know, we know when it feels good. It's, it's that simple, right? Boom. It may be simple, but it's not easy. I'll give you another example. Several years ago, when I was beginning my deep dive into unity and the mind-blowing course of miracles and all of that, um, I was doing this little practice, and I was also overcoming my own Christian shadow, like, oh, wow, this Christ thing, maybe I can open up to that again since... It's not just Jesus' last name. What's this about? And I, I was doing this practice of looking at everyone and intentionally seeing the Christ in them. And for some reason, this for me worked best at the gym. At the gym, I tend to, I work out a little bit like a maniac. I, keep, I usually do cardio in between my weightlifting sets. So I run on a BOSU ball, whatever. This one day, it was going so well. I'm jogging along on the BOSU ball. Him? Christ. Her, you betcha. Them, divine beings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then up the stairs comes this guy who had said nasty things and even lied about me when I was running for elected office. Urch! <laughs> that is the sound of a kumbaya moment coming to a screeching halt. <laughs> Christ him? Hell no. I mean, there's no way I could get there, right? You know that scene in Forrest Gump where Jenny is getting ready to leave again and she's getting on the bus and that her abusive activist boyfriend is there and Forrest gives him the stink eye 
I absolutely know I did that to that guy. There's no question in my mind. And um, the very best, I tried, I tried. I knew right away it's like this is a spiritual practice living opportunity here. The very best I could do that day was a relatively cordial hello. And yet in really perfect honesty, even as I was doing that, there was part of me that was like, aren't I great for taking the high road? <laughs> you know, it's subtle, right? Now, I will say I was recognizing it, and a few months later, I was actually able to start seeing a divinity in this person, a spark of that, a, a, a true essence beyond our sometimes unpleasant human behavior. And the moment I got there, any attachment I had to the past with him totally dissipated. It just wasn't important. And I will tell you, that feeling felt a lot better than... It just feels better. It's more expansive. So spiritual interaction. Are we walking our talk? We can walk our talk and apply our principles when we're here, when we're in the meditation mat, when there's everything is kind of smooth. Can we do it when we're in financial straits? Can we do it when our physical bodies are not feeling well? Can we do it when we're dealing with someone who isn't functioning at their highest level, who, who's, who's doing ugly things? Can we do it when we're just in the middle of this sometimes annoying or boring or messy or difficult everyday mundane life? I am finding that the better able we, we the better, the more muscular we become in being able to apply that in those everyday difficult moments, the fewer of those difficult moments we have. That's the real lived beauty of that, of that inner work. We have the power to choose how we feel. That's a mind-blowing thing that new thought brings into consciousness. Our feelings don't just dictate us. We can actually dictate them. We have, that, we have that agency. We can choose not to sacrifice our peace and our joy. That's a choice we have. That's a power that we have. I also think it's really important to treat ourselves this way, to remember to apply lived spiritual practice to ourselves. And just you know, wanting to see and working to see the divinity, the goodness in everyone doesn't mean that we become floor mats. I don't believe that's what this is teaching at all. So with my mom, I now have some boundaries. It's like the first thing, Sylvia, mom, you got your hearing aids in? I'm not going to talk to you until you got your hearing aids in. And it works better. I get less frustrated. She gets less frustrated because she can actually hear. We also never really know how much impact our lived spiritual practice has. And our lovely sister Kalenda um, uh, agreed to let me share this story. I don't know why that light's like, apparently I am a disco ball right now. Um, hope it doesn't trigger like, an, like a seizure. Um, a few years ago, I was with Kalinda. We were, in a, we were taking a workshop together somewhere else in town, and it was a really dark, really rainy winter night, and um, sirens, first responder vehicles, just started going by. Really close, it was really loud, there were several of them. Had to kind of just put a pause on the workshop. And I just happened to notice Kalinda had just gone, had just closed her eyes, 
and gone into silence, obviously sending prayer to that situation. Just a, a week or so ago, she and I were in a meeting together, and it happened here. And at that point, she did exactly the same thing and then just said quietly, help is here. That reminded me to tell her when she, I saw her do that all those years ago, it made an impact on me, and I picked up that practice. I now do that, too, when I'm on my game, when I'm noticing a first responder situation. So we never really know how our actions are going to ripple out and, and improve the world around us. In her seminal book, The Five Principles, which is kind of a unity staple, um, Ellen Debenport offers this checklist. It's kind of like a formula for, for a for taking our spiritual practice into messy life situations. And she says, Here's what, here are the, she has four questions that we can ask ourselves as we go into a situation, like the next time I'm getting frustrated with my mom, I can ask, do I affirm divine intelligence and love in this situation? Do I remember my own divinity and that of the others involved? Do I take responsibility for attracting this situation into my experience and know that its outcome for me will match my thoughts and feelings about it? And fourth, have I aligned myself with God, the universe, the good, and received guidance before I act? I find that really super powerful and practical. All right, that's the inner work. What about taking spiritual practice into our outer world? What if it's, what, if, what about getting our meditation off the mat? All right? We, to say that we are living in interesting times is just such a gross understatement. If you watch the news, it is really easy to believe that this entire world is bat bleep crazy, right? I mean, this is, this is a wild time that we're living in. Now, I do want to put one thing in context. News, the definition of news is something that is outside of the ordinary. I am a news junkie. I have satellite radio in my car so that I can catch the various different, and I rarely listen to music. I'm, however, I'm also part of my spiritual practice. I've also done the research and have some positive news sources because there is a lot of good stuff happening every moment of every day on this planet, but that is not deemed newsworthy by our corporate news structure. So I just want to put that out there. There's beautiful things happening right now. There are people offering kindness. There are people off helping animals in need. There are animals helping people in need. There is good happening. This earth is healing in many places. And it's important, it's important to note that, which is exactly, as Rochelle pointed out, why we're going to start sharing a little positive eco-news celebration each week. That said, <laughs> dun, 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 um, I have been an, an environmental professional and activist my entire life. And I believe that these wild times we are in are a call to us to take action in this world. I personally do not believe it is enough right now just to do the inner work. That's what I'm gonna lay down here for the next few minutes. I think it is time to use, especially as people who have agency over our thinking and as people who 
are members of this burgeoning, non-religious but spiritual new thought movement that's just mushrooming across this planet, we're needed right now. We're important. It's time to use our voices, our bodies, as well as that intentional consciousness to help shift our society and our world in a more positive direction. Jesus was not a pacifist. I would say Gandhi was not a pacifist in the sense of just passively staying out of the garbage that's going on in the world, not at all. They committed their lives to speaking up, challenging the status quo, overturning moneylenders' tables, speaking truth to power. They engaged in civil disobedience, all in a spiritually principled manner. We are here in a time when the systems that govern much of our civilization, the systems that we're familiar with, that maybe worked for us for a while, are now causing extreme damage, doing great harm. They're imperiling this planet that I love as a living being and probably the very survival of our own species. It's a serious time. People who are on a path of spiritual awakening and maturation, we have a powerful role to play. You know, we have, we have the ability to bring a level of consciousness to activism that could shift the entire polarized dynamic. Another thread that moves through Unity Teachings is that what we focus on increases. Now, I can tell you, as a lifelong environmentalist, I've been part of it too, most of our Western-based forms of activism have been framed in the language and tone of separation. The war on poverty, the fight against climate change, the battle against big oil. I, that warrior language stirs me too. I've been part of it. But how's it working for us? How many of those battles have we actually won? I think the framing itself is helping to perpetuate the very problems that we would like to see. We know a better world is possible. We know that that's possible. Our movement, the Unity and New Thought movement, I think can play the powerful role in being engaged activists in a way that helps us be, be coming from the angle, not what we're against, what are we for? We're for a healthy planet. We're for, we're for peace, right? We're for healing separation consciousness, for sure. Mother Teresa once said that, um, this is a quote, I was, asked, I was once asked why I don't participate in anti-war demonstrations. I said I will never do that, but as soon as you have a pro-peace rally, I'll be there. <laughs> it's a powerful lesson, right? And this too, though, is subtle. The abs we absolutely must, hands down, no question, quickly evolve beyond fossil fuel. And what big oil has been doing is not okay. And it's okay to say, we're gonna turn your, we're gonna turn your tables, we're gonna overturn your tables, but we're not even gonna demonize you. Because the more we can focus on the what we want and the, and the less attention that we give those who are doing the harm and our own frustration and hatred, the more effective we're going to be. That is inner work meeting outer work. It's gotta be done without the attack frame that we've often attached to it. You know, if you think about it, 
the core of our environmental and social justice movements isn't attack, it's love. That is the core of what it's all been about. It's love and compassion and a sense of interconnectedness. We need those things to be at the forefront of whatever activism we engage in. And there are so many different kinds. Doesn't have to be marching in the streets. I do hope that our Unity community here locally and world, worldwide will become more active, more actively engaged in rallies and marches because I can tell you the faith and environment and faith and climate movements globally are one of the most powerful forces going right now and are getting increasingly engaged. And I hope that we will do that as well. Carrying in, how do we do that? How do we, how do we walk our spiritual principle, live it, in a way that helps the world, to create a world that works better for all beings? I know we all want that, right? We all want that. We need to speak truth to power, call it like we see it, and stay focused on what we are for. And y'all can catch me if you catch me going off that path, because I still have some of that old warrior programming in this long track record of taking action on these issues. I'm feisty, I'm angry, that's the truth. In the short term, guys, vote. You either have just or will be getting your ballot right now. We have the wonderful privilege in, in Oregon of vote by mail, for gosh sakes. We don't even have to go anywhere. You just gotta get a little educated. If for any reason you missed registration this year, do it Monday for the next one that comes along. It matters. It's an act that we could take. And simply taking, filling out a ballot though, that's not action enough. It's not enough to say I'm gonna vote for you and you go fix it. That's not working either, right? We all have a role to play. We are here right now in a precious and precarious moment in time. The economic, ecological, and, and political world crisis that we find ourselves in is a call to action, a call to principled action, a spirituality that is only private, personally, and self-absorbed in my opinion, is missing the mark of what these times call for. Spiritual activism is the fusion of deep spiritual knowledge and principle, discipline in our inner world with wise radical action for positive change. That is what I hope to inspire more of, and it doesn't have to be marching in the streets. It can be volunteering at Think Wild. It can be many little pieces that ju we just decide we're gonna do something beyond our own lives, because those little pieces form great change over time. You guys, we are, we are the ones that we've been waiting for. This world is hurting, and we are the healers. We are the people to, to make the change we want to see in this world and to create a world that really does work better for all beings. Peace out. <laughs>